What up, world? It's your past first point guard, Trailblazer reporter Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked on Blazers your first listen every single day, free on all platforms, five days a week, coming at you every single weekday, so make it a part of your daily routine. And listen every single day. Make it your first listen. In today's show, we're talking about the Blazers lost to the Knicks. They got blown out. Mission accomplished as they head down the NBA standings. They are making their move back to a 30-point loss. A good old-fashioned blowout tank job. Uh, We'll talk about that. And then later in the show, Candace Cooper, the host of Locked on ACC, and a fellow Tar Heel joins the program to talk about what else? Duke basketball. Let's talk about some of the ACC prospects and specifically some of the guys on the Duke roster that I think can, and, and she thinks as well, can help the Blazers and are going to be available in Portland's draft range. That's what we'll do. But first, let's get into it. Fastest recap in the West. The Blazers lose this one 128-98 in New York City at Madison Square Garden. This was relatively relatively competitive early. Blazers down eight after one and down eleven at the halftime sixty down eleven at halftime sixty six fifty five. Like they were they were in it, uh, you know, down double digits. But it wasn't like they weren't getting thrashed. They got thrashed in the third quarter. Outscored twenty eight nineteen and was a twenty point game after three. And it got worse from there. Uh, Blazers didn't really play their regulars. You know, no Josh Hart, no no Justice Winslow, no Drew Eubanks down the stretch, and they lose one twenty eight ninety eight. That's your fastest recap in the West. Some. Uh, a return, as I mentioned, Justice Winslow comes back after missing the previous seven games, hit his first shot, a three-pointer, and it was like, okay, here we go. Then he struggled a bit. Just looked like a guy, you know, he took six threes. He was one of six from three, three of ten from the floor. But, you know, he's six threes is probably too many for Winslow to take. You want him doing other things in the offense. He was just, um, you know, if he's, I've said this a bunch talking about justice. Like if he's used as a spacer, you're not maximizing what he does. He finished with seven points, seven boards, and two assists in 19 minutes. Uh, nothing really to take away. Good to see him back on the court. You know, he'd been dealing with a sore Achilles, missed, um, you know, a couple weeks, missed seven games. But him getting back, you know, just want him to play. You just want him to play. You want to see him out there um you know he's he is someone who could conceivably be in a regular contributor next year i think early early in his blazers tenure he looked like someone who could be a regular contributor so you know the hope is he gets a bunch of minutes and you kind of figure out where he fits in the calculation get as get as you get to see as much justice as you can i think that's the goal for him uh the, the other player I want to highlight, uh, I guess we'll go through the, the scores. Brandon Williams led the Blazers with 14. Trenton Watford added 11 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists. Drew Eubanks had a nice game. 10 points, 9 boards, uh, 5 assists. I thought Eubanks played well in his 30 minutes, quite frankly. Chris Dunn off the bench, 13 uh, and 7 assists. He was good. More on him in a moment. Uh, the, the Knicks were led by R.J. Barrett, who went off early. 20 in the first half, finished with 31 and 5 assists. Evan Fournier added 14 and 6. Julius Randle finished with 20 points, 9 boards, 7 assists. He was just a bully. He did not shoot well. 5 of 18 from the floor, 0 for 5 from 3, but got to the free throw line for 12 free throws and just bullied the Blazers. And he he bullied Trenton Watford. I thought Watford, you know, played him tough, but... Randall's a bully. He bullied him. Uh, Emmanuel quickly added 18 off the bench and Obi Toppin 13 off the bench for the Knicks. Again, who won by 30 and played, uh, you know, a kind of inconsequential final 10 minutes of this game. Uh, back to Dunn, though. Uh, like the two big standouts for me, the, the, like what you need to know about this game. This is why we do fastest recap in the West is Justice Winslow back. Good to see him back. Um, he didn't play well, but you miss some two weeks. It takes you a little while to get your sea legs. And that's, I think, what happened with Dunn. Dunn made his, he's on a 10-day contract and made his uh, debut in Atlanta. Atlanta against his former team, the Atlanta Hawks, and he just looked like a dude who hadn't played NBA basketball in a, in a little while. You know, he'd been in the he'd been contributing to G League and and you know he'd been playing playing, but 
he just didn't look up to NBA speed. Obviously, he doesn't really know what the Blazers are doing. It takes a while to kind of figure out what the plan is. But, you know, he was missing some shots. He fouled out in 20 minutes. Like, he wasn't... He, he looks like a guy who was still trying to figure it out. Tonight, played 28 minutes, and I thought he looked good. I would love to see um, Chris Dunn play with a big who can shoot because the Blazers are super light on shooting. They just don't have any shooters on this team. Uh, they finish 11 of 34 from three. Uh, and when basically when Josh Hart doesn't make threes and Josh Hart's like a career 31% three-point shooter, he's been really hot the last couple games. But when Josh Hart doesn't shoot threes, the Blazers just don't have enough shooting. They just never have a lineup with enough shooting on the floor. I guess they could play Ben McLemore, but he's, you know, he's been hit or miss. He's a vet. They want to play young guys. So um, it's hard for them to put a bunch of shooting on the floor. And I would love to see Chris Dunn with shooters and specifically a shooting pick and roll partner. Because in this game against the Knicks, I thought Chris Dunn manipulated the pick and roll really well. Uh, you know, got to the rim, got to his floater, found Drew Eubanks on a little lob, uh, you know, read the defense coming and kicked out quickly. Like, I thought he played really well as a pick and roll guy. Um, you know, he's he's not a shooter. He, he, you know, he he did make his one and only three-point attempts, but he's just, that's not what he is. Like, he's a downhill driver, manipulator, uh, you know, a guy who's going to facilitate out-of-screen actions. And he just... He, Run, him running a pick and roll, Drew Eubanks or or with Trenton Watford just isn't the isn't what he needs. Um, and I'm excited to watch more of Chris Dunn. I like him. I like his defensive potential. I think he plays really hard on that end, and I think he makes some good decisions in the pick and roll. Um, this is just like a Blazers roster problem. They don't have the right personnel to kind of maximize these guys. So you know, watch Chris Dunn. Watch him run pick and rolls. He's fun. He's smart. He clearly has a sense of how to do it. Just know that like. Your, your dance partner in the pick and rolls matters a lot. And he does not have an ideal dance partner because as good as Eubanks is um, just like as a dunker, he's not a, like a really threatening role man. Uh, and Trenton Watford's better as a dribble handoff guy with a ball in his hands than he is as a true rolling rim guy. But I, I thought Chris Dunn, you know, 13 and seven in this game, made of six of his nine shots, uh, you know, played 28 minutes. I thought it was pretty good. Pretty good. Um, that, that's, I think that's what you need to know about this game. Um, uh, this was a night where, you know, Justice Winslow returned and R.J. Barrett had 31. So, fittingly, we're going to talk a whole bunch about Duke basketball today. Those are two Duke former Dukies. That's uh, um, Second segment, Kenneth Cooper, Locked on ACC, is going to join the program. Uh, and we're going to talk about the Duke guys and some other ACC folks uh, who, who could help the Blazers. You know, Paolo Bancaro, A.J. Griffin, all that Uh Candace does a great job on Locked on ACC, and she's got some good insights into who could help at the next level for the Blazers. So that's what we'll do in the second segment. But before we do that, I want to tell you about Athletic Greens. You might be asking, what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All the things. Everything. Uh, I started, I've, I uh, have been starting my days off with a scoop of AG1. First of all, the branding or the like packaging is incredibly aesthetically pleasing. They give you a little water bottle and this really nice scoop that has a great weight to it. I just throw a scoop and some water in the morning, uh, drink it to start off my day. Got a great like sort of mild tropical flavor. Goes down easy and is packed with a serious, serious punch. Um, it's... If it matters to you, it's keto, it's pale, it's paleo friendly, it's vegan, it's dairy free, it's gluten free. It contains less than one gram of sugar and no GMOs, no nasty chemicals. And that's because it was created by 
someone who experienced a ton of gut health and was taking a supplement routine that, that cost $100 a day. So it's like, what's something that can make me feel good and isn't going to be wildly expensive? So he created Athletic Greens after experiencing how difficult it was to create optimal nutrition routine on your own. Plus, you know, if you don't trust the founder, how about this? 70,000 five-star reviews recommended by professional athletes and trusted by leading health experts. It's, listen, it tastes great. It packs a punch. It helps you start off your day right. So right now, reclaim your health, arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into flu and cold season. Just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NBA network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NBA network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right. Talk the Blazers lost to the Knicks. Mission accomplished, right? They lose. They head down the standings. Uh, they're not going to get much help today from the other teams below them in the standings because they're also, uh, you know, you're not just uh, the Kings aren't going to hook it up because the Kings never hook it up. But the Blazers, you'd like to see them be more competitive. But uh, at this point in the season, a loss, keep it moving. Chris Dunn looks good or looks intriguing, you move on to the next game, and that next game will be Brooklyn as the Blazers get a day off in New York City. I guess they have to switch boroughs, but a day off in New York City before they will play the Nets. Um, what I want to do now is shift gears a whole bunch and talk draft stuff. Uh, yesterday's show, we talked draft with Raphael Barlow. Today, we're talking draft, all things ACC draft prospects with Candace Cooper of Locked On ACC. So let's get into that chat. Joining me now, the host of Locked on ACC, my friend and yours, Candace Cooper. Candace, how you doing? I'm so good. Thanks so much for having me, Mike. Hey, we are happy to have you here. Um, we're just here to talk all about as much as we possibly can. About... <laughs> no, not even. I was going to say this is an RJ Davis podcast, but my my listeners don't even know who that is. Um, we're talking NBA draft stuff. The Blazers are in a bad spot. They're in an okay spot. They're losing on games on purpose. They're fine, but they're headed for the future. Uh, and the future may involve some folks from the ACC and perhaps no one on earth has gotten as close a look at all of these uh, teams as you have. Yeah. I want to start talking about the Duke guys. Um, okay. I know here in this space, we are maybe Carolina people, mm -hmm. um, but I'm a hater. Um, and that doesn't make me not a realist. I understand the game. I'm just a hater by... Uh, I come by it honest, okay? Yeah. So um, I want to talk about the Duke guys. I think these are the best. The Duke has guys who are going to go in the top 15. Yeah. Um, but I want to acknowledge to my audience that if I could spend a whole bunch of time talking about Caleb Love, boy, howdy, would I. <laughs> you definitely might be able to. I don't know about this season, but he certainly is someone who lives and breathes and dies by his own energy. So he he may be good next week. You never know. But when it comes yeah. to these, these uh, Duke guys, I think that... It sucks that every single one could go off for like 30 points and you're just, okay, who want, who wants to turn, who wants to turn to be the amazing one tonight? And I think that's been the most 
frustrating thing if you're a Duke fan because you know how talented they are, and yet when they come up close or short in games, you're just like, just not possible. On paper, this just shouldn't even be close. So, you know, we can run through. I think Paolo Bencaro definitely going to be a top three pick. Hasn't necessarily played like a top three pick, but he is one who, you know, off the paper, you can just see with the eye test, know he's going to the next level. I think sometimes he just takes a night off. You know, it's not because he doesn't have the talent. I, don't, I wish I could tell you the reason. It might it could be the cramps. You know, he has dealt with some cramp issues, maybe thinking that extra pickle juice at lunch or whatever it was, but sometimes he takes, takes the break, but he has the help of guys like Wendell Moore Jr. Who is the veteran leader on that team. He isn't the guy I'd necessarily want to have the ball in um, his hands. The last plays of the game, we've seen him kind of trickle that uh, trick off with that. We saw Florida state matchup where he was the ball handler and Florida state came up with the win. That tells you all you need to know. <laughs> so I think Wendell, <laughs> he comes up big in moments and he certainly is going to be clutch for them as they head into March Madness, but you know, if I were to pick a big man in that group, I would say Mark Williams is definitely yep. pro ready. Golly, he is just he can work on the defense and the perimeter a little bit, but when it comes to just inside, you good luck, right? He loves yeah. to have a block party. I think he's super aggressive and just naturally talented. Um, definitely can make men miss and all of that good stuff and make you jump, get off your feet. Him and then I guess my final guy I would say I don't even know if he's gonna go this year, but if he were AJ Griffin probably one of the best shooters in the country. I think he's so talented, but he is so streaky, like typical, yeah. <laughs> you know, shooters. But he, if I remind him of any 3 and D guy like Danny Green, we're talking about Carolina here, he definitely has one of those beautiful shots that can put you in games, like keep people out of games. And so I think he's just probably the best person on their team if I'm going down roster. Jeremy Roach might get some run in a, a G League and then find his way, but you know, all of them, again, the whole squad just has a talent. I, Theo John, no, you know, just running through the roster right now. But no, that's Trevor Keels might make the Trevor. Make the yes, Trevor Keels definitely make the NBA. I think he has really, he's really sharp on defense. He's built like a linebacker. He has yeah. his size. <laughs> he's super explosive. He's just young. Like you can just tell some of those young mental mistakes that get in his way. But overall, I think, you know, that's pretty much the, the nuts and bolts of Duke. Let's let's dig in a little bit on Paolo. Uh, you said he's a consensus top three pick. Uh, it's obvious when you watch him. He's six ten. He's got. He can handle. He can do a lot of things. What when you? I think when you get to the top of the draft, we get obsessed with what guys can't do. Mm-hmm. So we say like, oh, he can't do this. He's going to be a top three pick in the NBA draft. <laughs> what is it that makes him a one of? Why is he going to be one of the first three off the board in in, the, in June? It's just he's so explosive, and with his size, he's able to handle the ball well. And I think the way he has a jumper, which is like a rare trait these days for a lot of guys who are coming up and they either want to have a three shot or, you know, a really dog dunk or layup. But I think he has a really good jumper. And more importantly than that, he has just high energy. He's just someone who, when he gets going, everyone feeds off of that. And I think anytime you will have a young guy that maybe come off the bench instantly when you're on a ready to win team, that's something that certainly can be looked at. Yeah. To me, it's just like, how many dudes at 6'10 can handle like him? <laughs> yeah. Um, the, you know, he's not really a three point shooter. Like you said, he's got a nice mid range game. Like yeah. he can, he, he's comfortable pulling up there. Um, but like, how many dudes at his size and his frame can handle? Like yeah. that's, he, we can get, we can talk. <laughs> he's maybe not a passer. He's maybe not yeah. a shooter, but like so the skills and the, and the body type, it's like, oh, yeah. okay. A hundred, a hundred percent. Again, I think it's just the way. You just see him do things that, like, that probably took another guy seven years to master. He just does it like it's nothing. Yeah, he's, he, I'm a believer. 
I want to take a quick moment here to tell you about betonline.net, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NCAA tournament is starting right now. The women's tournament has already started. The men's tournament starts today. This is Wednesday, March 17th show. So if you listen to it, the men's NCAA tournament is about to start, but it's a great betting weekend with all the college hoops you could possibly want. If you don't want to bet on college hoops, you can find lines and props and odds on NBA games, on NHL games as they head down the stretch of their season as tennis on tennis tournaments, on soccer tournaments, on uh, combat sports like boxing and MMA. You can even play your favorite Vegas casino games, all available there for you on betonline.net. So don't wait. Take advantage of all of this today. That's BetOnline, where the game starts. Still a pass, first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked on Blazers. I'm going to drop you back into my conversation with Candace Cooper talking all things ACC draft prospects. You mentioned A.J. Griffin uh, as, as maybe a guy who won't come out. Has he considered returning to school? Because I've seen him as high as sixth in some mock drafts, and I've seen him out of, I've seen him like in the teens range. Yeah. Do you think he's considering a year of college? Well, you know, I think when it comes to just guys and how they want to finish their seasons and maybe, you know, things haven't been going the greatest for him, ACC championship game, for example, um, right. maybe consideration play Rashire for another year, learn a little bit with the focus not being on the head coach and it really being about the players. Maybe you'll get a little more shine and opportunity to kind of set things off. So, you know, it's never without saying that guys consider, but, you know, unfortunately in this day and age, one and dunners are very uh, appropriate. So he he could just go ahead and jump, but I have not heard like formal reports that he will return. Yeah, I I think he's you know if he's fifth or whatever he's gonna yeah. go get get some money. Um, <laughs> if he's but if he's like eighteenth, uh, yeah. I think they're like he could play himself into some more into some more cash. Yeah. Duke has this weird thing where like their five best players can't really play together. Like you mentioned when when a more like they. Um, it's they don't have a point guard, so they have to put Jeremy Roach on the floor. So then that means one of Keels or AJ Griffin is off the floor, mm-hmm. and that's a problem. Uh, this is me being a Carolina <laughs> hater. Carolina doesn't have a sixth good player, but they got five players that can play together. I'll <laughs> tell you that. Um, but so I think some of AJ Griffin's problem is that he's at sometimes they have to make a choice, yeah. and it's like, hey, you're the guy who comes out. But I, I think. For me, like just watch him. I think he can be a really good pro. What do you? Oh think? yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. I think that he is arguably one of the best players on the team. When you talk about just guys who have pure talent, but um, it's just hard when you have so many guys that you never know who's going to go off. I think his lack of consistency maybe just be an age thing, but he's definitely one who will make a difference already out the gate as soon as his name's called. Yeah, I mean, he's, he should. He was at one point shooting above fifty percent from yes. three. Yeah. Um, and it's not like he's shooting two to three shots, right? Like he's shooting at like seven or eight threes a night and being 50%, you know, that's saying something. Yeah. He's um, with his feet set. He's really dangerous. I'm um, I like, I think he's going to be, for me, I think he's going to be a good pro. If mm-hmm. I had to bet on somebody, I think uh, like maybe not a star, I don't think he has star potential like Bancaro, but he's uh, like you mentioned, Danny Green is a great example. He's going to play 15 years in the league on a bunch of winners. I yeah. think AJ, AJ Griffin um, strikes me as someone who could play a long time on a bunch of winners. Cause he's just, he's, you know, he's six, six and he can shoot it. Yeah. Um, he's, I, I'm a believer in in the game. Uh, the next guy you mentioned, we're just running down. You, you gave me the <laughs> cliff notes up top. Let's run through them. Um, Mark Williams, Duke center. I've seen him as in uh, in some mock drafts that I have looked at. As I, I'm a, I'm like a amateur draft guy. Like I watch the NBA, <laughs> and I watch a lot of Carolina basketball. But this time of year, I will, I, I'm reading. So I've, I've read, I've read some stuff, and then I'm talking to people like you who've watched a bunch of college basketball. Yeah. Um, I've seen Mark Williams 
as high as like 12. Mm -hmm. It's like in the 12 to 15 early, um, sort of like end of the lottery teens range. Why is he going to be a pro? Like, why is he a first round pick? Again, I think his size is what seven footer and he uses all of it. And he's absolutely able to block shots. He loves to have a good block party, but his defense, I think when people get scared or timid to go into the lane, it means something you might not necessarily see in the pros, but he is going to make you work for it. He's going to make you earn that layup. He's going to make you earn, you know, that bank shot. And I think that's something that a lot of teams, especially during round playoff stretches are going to want to utilize, or even in the beginning when, you know, you have those young rookies who want to play hard hard in every matchup they get. I think you'll see some of that and probably have a good run in a, on the summer league team. So I think for him, it's just his size is probably going to be one of his better advantages and defensively he's tough, but he's been able to be the man when called upon and not just, not just defensively, but offensively as well, getting those and ones and second opportunities and those rebounding skills. Um, he's definitely utilized those throughout his time at Duke. Yeah, I thought last year he was super, super underrated. Mm -hmm. I think he might have gone the other way now, and he's like, oh, this is the best defensive player in the country. Yeah. He might be that. <laughs> but like anytime, anytime you become the best in the country, you're probably, it's like unfair to you. Sure. I thought last, his first season at Duke, I thought he was excellent. Yeah. I mean, he, he this is like my judgment on, he killed Carolina a couple times. <laughs> like he just, he, just he, he, um, he was just really, really good. Yeah. Uh, the other two guys, do you think, you think Wendell Moore's a pro? Ooh, you know, <laughs> I think <laughs> I don't know either. So I want to know think anybody that stays at Duke at this point for more than two years is probably one that'll have a long like back and forth journey or be a two way player. You know, I think some of his skills, again, his ball handling isn't that great. I think he has some really good shots and he's a great you know person, leader, all that good, all those intangibles that keep guys on teams. Right. As much as we talk right. about, you know, skill sets, there has to be someone who's able to get practice five minutes early, say five minutes after he's one of those guys that really loves to learn under good leaderships so I think for the right program he will definitely get an opportunity to play with the right politics of being a Duke player he'll get the opportunity to um, you know see some burn but you know you've seen guys like Clint Cook stay in the league and Seth Curry find their way and you know have some good times and be a part of some good organizations so I think he will go it just won't be the typical you know draft name called we're going to whatever level it might be those that roundabout way to give himself a long time uh, in the pros. Yeah, I, I, to me, I think he's got some intangible stuff, like mm -hmm. you mentioned. Um, he's he's probably athletic enough to play in the in the mm -hmm. league. It's just he's like he's a two, probably a two only, and like as as sort of nerdy as this is, the draft time of the year, that positional versatility is important. And yeah. I'm not I'm not exactly sure he has that. He For could sure. play though. I mean, Duke has yeah. five pros on the team, like with Trevor <laughs> Keels. Like they have five pros on the team. Right. Um, they might win the national championship here. It'll break my little heart, but like I don't think they're know, gonna win. But you know, it's cool. Let's let's say it again. Let's say it again. I, don't, I think they play a little too tight to to win the whole thing. Like there's just different different teams have way less going. Like they have less pressure in terms of Duke. This is all or nothing, and you crap the bed during the farewell tour, the final game in Cameron against Carolina. You crap the bed at the ACC championship. If you don't win a national championship, like I don't even want them to make it far, far enough for that to be a consideration for their own health and safety, right? For final four, let's say they made the final four. They made a national championship game. If they lose that, oh, you would never hear the end of it in the triangle. Never hear the end oh, of it. Oh, it would be. You, listen, you have a lot of time. That's a lot of airspace on the radio. That's like, that's 10 days of free, you know, free radio. That's hundred percent. That's, that's easy life. <laughs> They're like, hey, Coop, we need you on to hate on Duke again. Like, no problem. I'll exactly. I think, Co Maybe. I think Coach K would definitely consider coming back. He's like, I tricked y'all. Just like Tom Brady. <laughs> like, I thought you thought I was leaving. I actually want to end it a little bit better, but no, he, I think they have the opportunity to do something really great, but 
I don't know if the squad is the one. Yeah, you need guards to play in in the in the NCAA tournament. You just need guards, yeah. and I think that because they have to put Jeremy Roach on the court so much, it means they're missing one of these NBA dudes. Yeah, that's a tough trade-off. Um, you have to choose between someone who's a great talent and someone who's a better fit, um, and that might be their undoing. They're they're good. Like I don't mean to be like I am a hater. Oh, yeah. Like I said up front, I'm a hater, but like they're good. They're, I think they're one of the yeah. They're arguably the best team in the country. Like they beat right. a Kentucky. Exactly. They beat a Gonzaga teams that are being considered as the actual national champions. So like, don't get me wrong here. I'm all for you know hating on Duke, but I am also a realist. So I know Duke yeah. is as good as it wants to be, and I think that is either scary good, which they love embracing that villain narrative. They love being the bad boys, and they don't have to play any more games of Cameron, which they struggle with mightily this season. So hey, if they want to put on a full full you know armor of being you know villains, here this is the time. <laughs> We've got a month for them to to try that costume out. Yeah. Uh, Jose Alvarado, former ACC Player of the Year, a guy who I did not think was a pro, is now all of a sudden in New Orleans playing like a very good NBA player. Is Alondis Williams, Wake Forest ACC Player of the Year, is Alondis Williams the next Jose Alvarado? Is he the guy oh, who is maybe not considered a pro but has the skills to be an NBA player? Yeah, see, you know, shout out to Jose because I think he, so. Talk about someone who just has heart and making himself a lane. Like, there's no better place than do that in New Orleans because the you know ceiling isn't as high. But I think that Alondis is right in that boat of being incredibly talented, just not necessarily being on a team that had mega stars like they had some right. good pe people jake laravia you know they had some really good guys i think it's monsanto they have really star players but when it comes to just trying to be consistent night every night you saw that they're still in year two of forbes right so alondas williams right. was still figuring out who he was and he was called upon i think that boston college loss certainly put a damper on what was a really good season but 23 plus wins does not happen without alondas and you saw why he deserved to be the most valuable player because without him and when he got into foul trouble and you saw him go missing in games wake forest was just a completely different team i absolutely feel like he can go to the next level it will be one of those you know skewed routes maybe a two-way player at times but you can't discredit any guy that's able to beat out this talent around this conference yeah i mean i think he's maybe a second rounder type mm -hmm. but like when i watch him play he shoots a bunch of threes off the dribble that's an nba <laughs> that's an nba skill like exactly. you know it's like it's, it's a simple it's it, sometimes it's as simple as that yeah um, he could pass and he can shoot threes off the dribble i i am uh, you know, the, the Blazers will have some second round picks. I'm, I, y'all, I am, I'm a novice draft person. I have not gotten to my 60 deep draft log. So I'm yeah. not sure if Williams is on my list. Um, but I like when I watched him play LaRavia killed Carolina. So like that, he's my guy who I got. Him. I'm like, mm, mm, I hope he's a pro. Yeah. But like Alanis Williams is, was because he was so productive at the college level. There's just something to it. Like yeah. if, if you are this good at this level, then you could probably play at the next one beyond the Duke guys beyond the ACC, ACC player of the year. Who are you sort of excited to watch in the, in the NCAA tournament from, uh, from the Atlantic coast conference, your folk. Oh man. I'm really excited to see Miami and USC game out the gate. I really feel like Cam McGusty and Isaiah Wong and Charlie Moore have had really good seasons. And so that's going to be very interesting how they play out and coach Laranega who honestly earned himself another contract with this big season that they've had. Also excited to see, you know, Carolina play Marquette. I mean, I want Armando Baycott to have a really good game. I know Caleb Love's going to have to have a big game. I think Brady Manning is, I wish he had more years. Like, I'm absolutely obsessed with Brady Manning. I hope he goes wherever, you know, 
as soon as he gets a little muscle milk, figures out how to do some defense, he'll be good to go. But other than that, I'm really excited to see the Carolina team because, you know, obviously last season they lost to Marquette. It's a good revenge game. I don't know that they make it out of Fort Worth because they would have to play Baylor next. And, you know, that's just, yeah. that's really tough defending national champions, all of that good stuff. But hey, give me one win. I would say that's progress as opposed to last season getting, you know, Molly walked in the first round. But other, um, besides them, Notre Dame Rutgers, I think that's going to be a good game. But, yep. but I'm just excited overall to see, you know, the five teams strong and try Virginia Tech and Texas. That's the one where if you're making a bracket, good luck to you. Because I wish I could tell you, oh, Texas, it's the powerhouse. It's the name. But hell, Virginia Tech, you know, man, talk about Storm Murphy and Justin Mutz and Kiwe Luma. Like those guys are the hottest team in the country right now. They have everything going for them. Why not them? I think that's what we're saying about the Hokies right now, because we saw what veteran leadership can do for any team in any type of tournament style. You just call on people who've done it before and they certainly have the bunch over there. Yeah. The, the Virginia Tech looked awesome. <laughs> in the ACC. They looked awesome. Like they, yeah. they took Carolina, they knew exactly what Carolina was going to run and they took them out of it. And then they, 24 hours later, they knew exactly what Duke was going to run. They took him out of it. They made a bunch of shots in those games. Like they made threes. Uh, but that's the, that's the nature of this. Yeah. Like they're a team that shoots a bunch of threes and they play and they play their speed. Um, and if the shots go in, they can beat anybody. Like yeah. they're good. They're, they're really well coached. Um, I got, they were saying so much, so many times on the Carolina broadcast of that game that it was all the Wofford kids. Cause as the coach came over from Wofford, it's like, do we really need to relive Carolina <laughs> losing to Wofford every every few years? Is this something I'm going to have to do my whole life you know, to be reminded of losing to the Terriers? Yeah, it's hard to beat any team three times. I don't care what anybody says. And then you talk about this Carolina team, like, sure, yeah. and maybe a talent Duke-type talent team cannot – you could beat a team three times, but North Carolina was not beating Virginia Tech three times. I don't care what nobody says. Like, they, yeah. they just don't have it in them to be this great this long. They've won their championship. They did what they had to do this season. So any other game beyond that is a bonus. So when they walked – Virginia I was like okay now we go into this tournament if you beat Marquette great if you even get close to Baylor I would say progress thank you Hubert we can go into next season with our a smile on our face because they have this disease they have no bench <laughs> yeah no they bench have five itis. good players they got five good players <laughs> those guys are going to be dog tired throughout this whole trip but hey here we go that's why it's madness I suppose yeah, it's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, and Candace Cooper will have you covered on all things Locked on ACC. Uh, it's part of the network, available on all platforms, free on all platforms, five days a week. Everywhere you're looking for, you're going to find Candace. Hey, Coop, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Anytime. Next time I'll wear my bright yellow sweater if I, ha- I can find one. That's really dope. I like that. Oh, hey, thanks. This is uh, <laughs> this is YouTube only. Subscribe to the YouTube channel to see my uh, my bright yellow sweater. Uh, Candace, listen to Candace on Locked on ACC. And if you're in the Triangle area, turn on your radio and you will find her. Appreciate you. No doubt. Thanks again to Candace for joining the show. Make sure you listen to Locked on ACC to hear more of her. Tomorrow's show, Friday, to close out the week. It's going to be a good one. Do not miss it. Brooke Olsendam of Blazers Broadcasting, a star, the queen of Rip City, is going to join the program. Make sure you come back for that one. It's what we do here five days a week, your only daily Trailblazers podcast, free on all platforms. Tell your friends to look for us. Just search Locked On Blazers. You will find us, and they will find us wherever they're looking. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.